You're listening to an audio resource from Vineyard Church of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. We are joining God's mission, transforming all things, and you're invited. To learn more about us and how you can connect, please visit votr.church. Well, at the Vineyard, as we've been getting ready for Christmas, we've been talking a lot about joy. We've been opening the scriptures and we've been uh, investigating what the promises of joy are for followers of Christ and, and even how you can maintain joy and experience joy in the midst of grief. We talked last Sunday about how your joy can change the world. The contagiousness of your joy can impact the world around you. And joy is an important topic because it's important to God. It's everywhere in Scripture. God is a joyful God Himself, and He's hardwired our brains and our hearts to seek out and pursue moments of joy. Even if we haven't felt joy in a really long time, we still long for when it might return. My wife, Natalie, who is helping lead worship, uh, we have three kids as well. My wife, Natalie, and I, we always try to create little moments and pockets of joy within our home, little moments of joy, because we want to demonstrate to our kids that our house can be filled with joy. And so a few years back, we wanted to create one of these joy-filled moments, and we did that by borrowing the often uh, replicated reality from social media, the little puppy reveal, right? The secret puppy reveal. This is, of course, when you don't tell anyone what you're doing, but you go secretly buy a dog and you bring it home and you surprise the whole family. And so we had been saving money and and we were all ready to go. We found the dog that we desperately wanted. And so we got a babysitter for the day and we didn't tell the kids what we were doing at all. We got in the car, we drove and we picked up the dog and all of our dreams came true, right? I mean, it was the cutest little dog you had ever seen in your life. Big old black eyes, soft wavy hair and paws so big, this dog could hardly coordinate herself to walk in a straight line. I mean, she was the cutest dog Ever. We then drove home, we rushed the kids to the basement and said, we have a great surprise to show you. Go downstairs, in a moment you can come up. We grabbed the biggest cardboard box we could, gently closed the flaps over top, and then we hollered at our kids to come back upstairs. They ran upstairs. You could see the joy beginning to grow within their face and their hearts. And then we opened the box. The only way I can describe what had happened next was a look of utter disgust when all three of my children went, oh, whose dog is that? (laughs) Whose dog is that? I said, what do you mean whose dog is? It's our dog. And don't say it too loud. She'll hear you. Look how cute she is. She's so excited to meet you. Whose dog is that? I couldn't believe it. We had tried so hard to surprise our kids and make a a moment of joy that they would remember. And it turned out to just be another long line of Faust family failures, which happened from time to time in our house. I was even recording it on my phone, right, hoping to capture this wonderful moment that we could show our kids and, of course, all of social media for years and years to come and how great of parents we were, when in reality, all you heard was me in the background arguing with our children about how indeed it was our dog and it was a good idea. And it got a lot harder because as if you have a dog, you know even small dogs make really big messes. Like all over the house, they can make big messes. 
And they can chew up things. I mean, with the amount of shoes and pillows and blankets that got destroyed over the next few months was, was uncountable. And then on top of that, like our dog went crazy. She went crazy. And every morning our kids would wake up, they'd lean over the railing to make sure the dog was either in the kennel or outside because she went wild and she chased them around, biting their ankles with those little sharp puppy teeth. Our kids had to play floors lava for three months until that dog learned, I'm not supposed to bite the humans in this house, right? Like, it's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. And of course, we ended up loving that dog. We ended up loving her. But with Christmas coming, it's coming tomorrow morning. Some of us will even begin our celebrations tonight. The question of what brings joy or where can I find joy in my life, it's on many of our minds. It's on many of our hearts. A puppy reveal is apparently hit or miss. You never know what you're going to get. Vacation joy, that's a real joy, right? The problem is Monday's always coming. And the moment you go back into the office, that joy can either go up or it can go down. Financial or Christmas bonus, that's a nice joy. Best present under the tree, that's a nice joy. All of these joys can put a smile on your face. They can make your heart beat a little bit faster. But vacation joy or financial joy or best Christmas ever joy, I don't think that's the same kind of joy that God was talking about in the scriptures. There's some kind of disconnect between that circumstantial moment of elated happiness and a deep and abiding joy that never goes away. When God offers you joy, what does he mean? The kind of joy God offers, does it even last? And most importantly, does the joy of heaven outpace the joy you can experience from this world? Over 2,000 years ago, human history as we know it changed forever with the birth of Jesus Christ. The world changed forever, and this dynamic can also change your personal life. The birth of Jesus Christ allows us to start a personal relationship with Christ, something that can change and transform your current reality, but it can also change and transform your eternal reality. And I'm not sure if anyone's ever told you this or not before, but you, you can't receive a relationship with Christ. You can't receive the joy of the Lord by just kind of being close to church or knowing some churchy type folks or being really, quote, religious. Sometimes being really religious actually has the opposite effect. And it takes that very joy of the Lord away. It's all comes down to a personal decision of following Jesus. This is the most important decision you'll ever make. And it's the only way to find a deep and lasting joy, no matter your circumstances. And if you'd like to make that decision and never have to start following Jesus, then we're going to help you do that in just a little bit during our time together. But make no mistake, it started in the manger. It started with the birth of Jesus. I want to read a passage from you for you from Luke chapter 2, just four or five verses here. And this is about the very night that Jesus was born. Luke 2, verses 8 to 14. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. 
the birth of Jesus changes everything. And listen to what the angel said. This is our key verse for our time together. The angel said, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. But what is so good about the birth of Jesus Christ? Why does his birth bring us great joy? When Jesus was born, some had a reaction like our failed puppy reveal. But instead of whose dog is this, it's whose savior is this? Is this all we got? Just a poor kid born in a manger from Bethlehem? Is this really our savior? Again, I don't know what you've been told about Jesus, and I don't know what kind of examples you've seen or you've heard about, but the real Jesus, the Jesus from the Bible, is filled with good news and great joy for all people. And it doesn't take you very long to realize that our world is in desperate need of some good news and great joy. The world can be a chaotic place. My world can be a chaotic place. It can be broken and hurting and filled with pain. Relationships can struggle. Addiction is real. Mental health is on the decline. And our pain seems to be off the charts. But into this world and into my world and into your world, a savior and a rescuer, a Messiah and king was born. Jesus was born to make all things right. And he did this by living the perfect life. He never fell short of God's perfect standard, something that I do on a daily basis. Jesus had a perfect relationship with his Father in heaven and a perfect relationship to others on earth. But this perfect Savior, our rescuer and King, he was eventually nailed to the cross. And in a place more fit for a sinner like me, he instead took my place and yours, and everyone else's. He went to the cross because Scripture teaches us that there needed to be a place where all of the sin and all of the hurt and all of the pain and all of the brokenness could be dealt with and healed and ultimately forgiven forever. His perfect life on the cross takes the place of my imperfections. And because of his death and resurrection, we can now receive forgiveness and grace and healing and eternal life with him starting today. This is our king. This is our Messiah who we sing about and talk about. He was born to die. He was born to bring good news and great joy to all people. When I first met Jesus, I had a lot of baggage. And I still do. I had a lot of pain. I had an ugly history and I had a lot of struggle. And I still do. But when I learned that Jesus Christ, born in a manger on Christmas night, also died in my place and in one act of incredible love, created a space on the cross powerful enough where I could take all of my sin, I was ready to give him everything. He rescued me. And he'll rescue you. The gift of salvation starts with a personal relationship with Jesus, and Scripture teaches us that it's free. There's nothing you can do to earn it. And it doesn't matter what you did last night. It doesn't matter what you did last week. It doesn't matter what you've done in your entire life leading up to this point. Nothing disqualifies you from the love of Jesus Christ. But in a paradox that only God can create, even though it's free, it still costs you something. It costs you control. It costs you surrender. It costs you the leadership of your own life. 
And it's not that he doesn't care about your passions or hobbies, loves, personalities, or temperament. He placed those inside of you from the very beginning. It simply means that the kingdom you're trying to create and rule and expand and grow in your own mind and in your own strength, it's being placed under the leadership of Jesus Christ. You're surrendering to him and trusting in his death and resurrection, but also trusting in his plans and purposes for your life that he knows best. The birth of Jesus Christ is good news of great joy because he was born to make all things new. To transform all things at a personal level and also at a cosmic level. And this is a joyous moment for all eternity. If you think about the song that we sang earlier, Joy to the World. You know, Joy to the World wasn't actually originally written as a Christmas song. Isaac Watts wrote it in 1719 when he was studying theology and he was taking Old Testament psalms and merging them with New Testament teachings of Jesus Christ. And he wrote a poem that later got put to music. But if you look at the lyric, you can see how poetic it truly is. Look at this first part. It says, he wrote, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. This is a poem that became a song all about Jesus being received as our savior and king. That all of heaven and nature might sing, but also that our hearts, that, that my heart and your heart and all of our hearts together would make room for our king. That we'd create space for his leadership in our life. And I won't go through the whole song this afternoon, but I want to read one more part before I close. The next part I want to read, it says, No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. In other words, our life can be blessed instead of cursed. All of our sorrows and strife, all, all of our struggle and sin can be dealt with on the cross forever. And instead of pain, we can experience blessing. Blessing from the hand of God that includes life, love, and even Joy. Over 2,000 years ago, it started in a manger. It started with a heavenly birth announcement of a baby boy being wrapped in swaddling cloths. It started with good news of great joy for all people. And the best Christmas gift is one he still gives today, a relationship with Jesus that can begin tonight and last for eternity. If you've already decided to follow Jesus, then check in with your heart. Are you still preparing him room? And if you've never made this decision, is your heart ready tonight? Are you ready to receive the gift of forgiveness? Are you ready to receive eternal life? Are you ready to receive forgiveness from the king who was born to die, born to make all things right, and born to bring good news of great joy for all people. The scripture teaches us, and of course the song reminds us, let every heart prepare him room. Let all of our hearts prepare him room. This is the gift that Jesus has for you tonight, and it all started with his birth. Let's pray.